everybody's been, you know, doing their reading, hopefully. And within the reading, um, and there's a lot there, sometimes two or three chapters, the speaker, the preacher, Lonnie, me, whoever it might be, Joel, we, we kind of choose, okay, this is the story or the part of the scripture we're going to talk about, okay? So, you know, we have known well in advance kind of where, you know, where we're going to be. And so you begin as the preacher to begin to think and pray and go, hmm. And when it came to the section that we're in now, uh, you know, there's all these wonderful parables and, and stories. And literally, I have told all of them uh, at camps, uh, retreats, other churches, here, Many times, there were all stories that I was super familiar with because I've taught them before. And so then he, it adds a, another layer of prayer because you go, okay, God, you know, I've talked on all of these. And uh, I don't want to just do the same thing over and over again. And one of the things you find that, uh, about the scriptures is... There are all kinds of levels that you can go to in any story. For instance, this Wednesday night, I'm going to be speaking to junior hires about um, uh, Daniel in the lion's den. So I know who my audience is. It's junior hires. And so, so you, you, you kind of come, you bring the cookie jar down to a place where a junior hire with their mentality and maturity and all those things where, where they can understand it. If um, in here, and I've taught the story of Daniel and the lion's den years ago, and here, you, you, you bring it up a, a, a notch, even though there may be a junior hire or two in this room, it, it's a different audience. And so there's another layer to the story that you bring to a place like, like this. I also, years ago at uh, Hume Lake, did a pastor's retreat there where I was the speaker, and I actually talked on Daniel and the lion's den there. Well, you know what? When you're talking to a bunch of pastors with you know, seminary degrees and all that, you, you kind of bring it up to another level. And that's one of the beautiful things about the scriptures is that any story can be brought down to where children understand it, but also deep enough to where mature adults who have been to Bible college and all that, wow, it's just, the scriptures are just super rich. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tell you. And the story that we're gonna look at today is just really deep. And there's no way I could unpack all that's, that's there in one, in one message, okay? There's just some incredible gems, beautiful gems that are contained in this story. But there is one big thing I want to bring out in it. Okay, now I'm going to bring out a few others, but here's my big thought. We learn what doing thankful looks like. Now some of you are going, well, what, are you, what are you talking about? We, we, we learn the difference between 
being thankful or feeling thankful and actually doing thankful. And I hope that by the time I'm done, you'll go, oh, I get it. There is a difference between being thankful or feeling thankful and actually doing thankful. But I'm gonna start in a really weird place. Okay, I gotta lay a little bit of a foundations. And so in Leviticus chapter 13, I'm sure all of you are familiar with it. Um, it says this. Those who suffer from a serious skin disease, like leprosy, must tear their clothing and leave their hair uncombed. They must cover their mouth and call out, unclean, unclean. As long as the serious disease lasts, they will be ceremonially unclean. They must live in isolation and in their place outside the camp. I'll stop there. This is basically how um, they stopped the spread of disease in the Old Testament, okay? This was their version of a modern-day quarantine, if, if you will. They, they quarantined the sick. That makes sense, doesn't it? That you quarantine the sick as opposed to quarantining everybody who's healthy. They were a little wiser in the Old Testament than I think maybe our government recently showed, but that's another sermon. <laughs> and God was the one who gave the priests the responsibility to uh, determine what kind of skin disease you had. Okay, because the priests were the ones who knew Leviticus 13, right, and 14, and some of these other passages. And so, if you got a skin disease, I don't know, you're home making bread, or you're, you know, out working the field, or whatever, and you got something on your arm, or you got a little rash on your face, you'd have to go to the priests, and they would be the ones who would look at you, and they'd be the ones who would determine whether it was just a, a rash. Whether it was just, you know, maybe a, 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 you know, poison oak or, you know, something minor or whatever. Or they would determine you have leprosy. And if the priests decided you had leprosy, they would basically turn to Leviticus chapter 13 and they would kind of walk you through it. So imagine, if you can, that you lived in biblical days and the priest told you, hey, that on your face, that on your hand, that thing on your leg, that thing on your toe, wherever it was, that's leprosy. They would tell you, hey, you can't come within six feet of any person including family. So the priest would be the one who would be telling you as the leper, hey, no more family time. You, you, you don't go to any family reunions. 
You gotta stay six feet away from, from everybody else. You have to wear torn clothing. And part of that was so that people could notice. Hey, there's a guy over there with torn clothes. Maybe that guy's got leprosy. They also, you know, he'd tell you, hey, you got to keep your hair messed up. You can't comb it. Once again, I think that was a way for people, if they're walking around town, you know, whoa, you know, they saw your shirt ripped or your pants are ripped or your hair is all goofed up. You know, it was a, it was a sign. You had to cover your face. Makes sense. God didn't tell everybody else they had to cover their faces. He just told the person that was sick, that person had to have their face covered. (laughs) This is my chance, Lonnie. I'm taking advantage of it right now. Uh, You had to cry out, hey, unclean, unclean, whenever somebody came by you. So maybe there were people not paying attention, you know, husband and wife walking down the street or doing whatever they're doing, they're shopping, and they don't notice your crazy hair. They don't notice your shirt's ripped. They don't notice you got a mask over your face. And so if a guy started getting close, you unclean, unclean. God was serious about this. The priest didn't come up with this. God came up with this. He he, he didn't want the disease, you know, spreading. The one thing he could do is you could hang out with other lepers. Because if they had leprosy and you had leprosy, well, you know what, you guys can hang out together. You guys can eat together. You can do whatever you want together because you you all have the disease. Imagine, if you can, you can't go to fun works, hang out with your buddies, can't go golfing with your friends, can't go down to the local Starbucks and enjoy a coffee. This past week, I was at two different Starbucks, went in the morning, and I saw our men, a group of one guys, they were all there around a table, had their Bibles, and they're reading, and I thought, man, this is great, man. And I walked over, it was just, it just was refreshing to see these guys out in public, studying the scriptures, praying, laughing, having a good time. And then, I don't know, a couple days later, went into another Starbucks, and there was another group of guys, a couple guys. Once again, man, they had the Bibles, and I thought, man, this is a healthy thing. These guys are doing something that's healthy, that's, that's good. Hopefully, you're, you're doing that. Imagine you, you can't go down to the Gallo Center. I've seen a lot of posts, Facebook posts from a lot of you. Uh, you went to some concerts, uh, the fruit yard or wherever it might be, and you were able to hang out with your friends, but you, 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 you can't do that. Can't be with your family during the holidays. Beloved, a leper in biblical days had a sad, pathetic existence They were the lowlifes of society. They were the outcasts of life. Leprosy was was a horrible, horrible disease to have. And it was basically permanent because there was no known cure. 
Unless, of course, some sort of miracle happened. Today, there, you know, there are still a few lepers. It's called the Hansen's disease today. And there's actually still a leper colony on the island of Molokai. At its height on Molokai, there was about 1,600 lepers that were there. Now they're down to about three or four or five, not many. In fact, the, the, uh, the state of Hawaii wanted to kick. It's on some beautiful land, like beautiful beach, beautiful land. And the government wanted to kick them out. But they took the government to court because the government was the one that made them go there. They all had to go there. They were forced by the government to go and live there together. And now that there's only three or four left, they're saying, now we want you out of here. We want to build a nice hotel on the thing. And, they said, and the state Supreme Court said, no. You forced them to go there, and they're going to stay there until they're earning more. But back then, there was no cure. Unless, as I said, there was some sort of miracle. But worst of all, of all the things about having leprosy, the worst of all, a leper in biblical days was considered cursed by God. In 2 Chronicles chapter 26, it says Uzziah, who was holding an incense burner, became furious. But as he was standing there raging at the priests before the incense altar in the Lord's temple, temple, leprosy suddenly broke out on his forehead. When Isaiah, the high priest, and all the other priests saw the leprosy, they rushed him out. And the king himself was eager to get out because the Lord had struck him. This was a a judgment from God on this man. And so the priests knew this story in 2 Chronicles. They knew that the Lord was the one that struck this guy with leprosy. And so it was taught that if you got it, man, God's judgment is on your life. Imagine that. Of all the stuff, as people were walking by you, ripped clothes, hair's all crazy, you got a mask on, you're yelling unclean, unclean, you can't hang out with anybody but a bunch of lepers. When people would see you, they would think the judgment of God is on those people. That's why they got leprosy. Now, in our text for today, in Luke chapter 17, we're going to meet 10 men. They show up in scripture for just a brief moment and then, and then they're gone, okay? We, we, we don't know much about them. The Bible didn't tell us much about these guys. We, we don't know their names. We don't know how old they are, but we do know one thing. They all had this dreaded disease called leprosy. Okay, imagine 10 guys outside of town, hair crazy, clothes ripped, mass. Unclean, unclean, unclean. Haven't been able to hang out with their family for maybe years, maybe longer, maybe decades. Who knows? I don't know. The one thing we do know about these 10 guys is this. They were going to have an encounter with Jesus. And whenever you have an encounter with, with Jesus, something, something happens. Something. 
So these 10 guys had at some moment gone to the priest and the priest checked them out, probably not all at once, but over the course of time, said, yeah, you got leprosy, yeah, you got leprosy, yeah, you got leprosy. The, the priest had diagnosed all 10 of these guys with leprosy. Okay, so yeah, that, that, that sets up the story. Okay, so let's read Luke chapter 17. Look at verse 11. As Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out. Big groups coming into town and they they had to stay away. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go, show yourselves to the priests. Because they were the only ones who could diagnose you as having it, and they were the only ones who could diagnose you as being clean. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. And he fell to the ground at the feet of Jesus thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan, probably because of that phrase, the other nine were probably Jewish. We don't know that for a fact, but probably because this this was pointed out, the other ones were, were Jewish. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Another reason why we probably think they were Jewish. And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. And that word healed, your your faith has healed you is a bad word. Okay? It's actually the word your faith has saved you. All 10 of them were healed. That's a bad translation of that word right there. Your faith has saved you, is what it, need, what it should say. Now, as I said, there's a lot of things about this story that I'd love to bring up, bring out. In fact, at our teaching team meeting, we have one every week. Man, we just talk about some of the stories, some of the text, some of the things we're going to, and man, there's just, you walk out of there going, oh man, I'm more confused than I was when I walked in here, uh, because everybody's seeing things and talking and writing things down. Man, it's just really a great, great meeting uh, to, to be involved in, but I'm going to give you just a few. And I'm going to run through the first three pretty quickly, okay? These are, these are things I noticed about these lepers. Number one, every man, every leper recognized their need for help. They all recognized they, they, they had, a, had a situation. They all had a problem. Verse 13 says, as he, Jesus, entered a village, there were 10 men with leprosy at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Somehow, these 10 guys had heard of Jesus. As Jesus went around the, the, the region and, and he taught like no other man had taught and he did all these miracles, somehow, some way, people must have, you know, ran by him and said, hey, man, listen, man, you guys got a shot at this. You got to talk to that Jesus guy, man. I've seen him do some crazy stuff, man. And they, I mean, they, they, they'd heard about Jesus. Maybe some of their family members would stand back six feet away 
and say, hey, listen, I, I just heard this man Jesus teach, and man, there's, this, this cat's different, man. He teaches like nobody I, I, I've ever heard. And I, I've seen him do stuff. He's casting out demons and stuff. Man, if you, man, it would be super, man, if you guys could you know, meet him someday kind of thing. I, I, we don't know how these 10 guides you know, knew about Jesus, but they, they knew about him. And what's kind of interesting is in this room, watching online, is there a place you can go <laughs> where someone doesn't know who Jesus is? I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there who goes, I don't know, what are you talking about? Everybody knows who he is. Or they, they, they know a little bit about him anyway. They knew enough to say, hey man, hey, we're doomed here. Our existence is just gonna stink, you know, forever. Let's just give it a shot. It sounds like a lot of people today. I mean, they've heard of Jesus and things have gotten so bad, you know. Uh, all right, hey, Lonnie, uh, I'll give Jesus a shot at this thing. I like, guess. Yeah, I mean, that's how desperate I am. Uh, I'll come to church. I've tried everything else. These 10 guys are much like us today. thing that's interesting is we don't have leprosy. We have something that's far worse. We have something far worse coursing through our veins. And some of you don't even know about it. And that is sin. And because of sin, death is coming. It's coming. It's coming to all of you. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter three, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun. There's a time to be born and there's a time to die. Because this disease of sin is running through your veins, you're going to die. You were born and you're gonna die. You can't stop it. Like leprosy, basically in biblical times, there's no, there's no cure for it. You, you can't do enough to fix the problem. This sin is just like evil. And all of us have experienced it. We've all had thoughts that we went, oh man, that was crummy. We've all, we've all said things that we go, oh man, that was crummy. And we said it to our spouse, we said it to our kids, we said it to the people we love the most. We've all done things that are crummy. We've all experienced sin running through our veins. We may not have a big, you know, boil on our forehead or on our nose or on our hands like somebody with leprosy would have, <laughs> but we know. We all have this thing called a conscience and we violated it and you all know it. Death is coming. Solomon went on to say, look, death is the destiny of every man. The living should take this to heart. In other words, hey, listen, because you have this dreaded disease called sin running throughout your veins, which is gonna bring death, 
shouldn't you think about what happens after you die? What do I do about this thing? You're going to die. You may make it to 100. Lonnie's mom, what is she, 95, 6? 95 years old. Healthy as an ox. She was like 92 and got COVID and was in the hospital. When you went into the hospital with COVID, you didn't come out. You didn't come out if you were in your 30s sometimes. She was in her 90s and came out. COVID. She looks great. Some of you will make it to 70. Some will make it to 50. Some will make it to 30. Some 20. But make no mistake about it. The disease is going to get you. Maybe in your teens. I, I've done the funeral of way too many teenagers. So has Lonnie. I've, I've done the funeral of like babies. Because when you come out of the womb, you already have the disease. You got the disease at the moment that little microscopic sperm and that little microscopic egg got together. At that moment, at the moment of conception, the disease was planted within you. I often say, you know, death is the one appointment that everyone's going to keep. You're going to keep it. Can't escape it. We've cured leprosy, but we haven't cured death. I don't know, cemeteries all over. I think they're probably in every town. Every town. Our town's got, I don't know, four of them. They keep running out of space. They're piling them on top of each other now. They're hoping you'll cremate them. So now you can go, well, I mean, it just, it, it, this thing, this, this disease is just it's wiping out everybody. So number one, uh, the 10 men in our story all recognize uh, the dreaded disease of leprosy had done to them. They needed help. No, number two, every man, every leper obeyed the only one who could help them. Verse 13 says, as they entered the village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Master, Jesus, have mercy on us. And he looked at them and said, go, show yourselves to the priest. And they went. Jesus knew what the law was. He understood that the law said that the priests were the ones who were going to have to diagnose you and say, you know what? You're clean. <laughs> Here were a bunch of people who didn't even believe in God and Jesus is now, they're gonna be forced to go, hey, listen, they all had leprosy and now they're all clean and Jesus did it. They were gonna be Evangelist for Jesus. <laughs> this is crazy. This is a beautiful story. But the thing I want to bring out is Jesus said, go, show yourselves to the priest. That's where you got to go. He's the only one. The priests are the only ones who can diagnose you and say you're clean. So go. And they all went. He didn't touch them. He didn't put any ointment on them. He didn't give them a sermon. He didn't do any of that. He, they just, he just said, go. And they went. You, 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 you see some sort of, of um, element of faith here. As I said, they had obviously heard about Jesus. There may have been people standing around him going, hey, listen, man, I don't know what this guy says, but whatever he says to you, just do it. Don't ask any questions. Just do what he tells you to do. 
So these guys all take off. They went. In Luke chapter 11, it says this, as he, that's Jesus, was speaking, a woman in the crowd called out, God bless your mother, the womb from which you came and the breast that nursed you. And Jesus replied, but even more blessed are those who hear the word of God and put it into practice. Imagine that moment. Everybody's all around. Man, hey, your mother's the most blessed person, man. You came out of their womb. Man, you, 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 you were fed from her breast. Man, is she blessed? And Jesus just shut that down. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you who's blessed. Those who hear my word and do it. There is an incredible blessing when you just do what God tells you to do. And these 10 guys um, are gonna experience that, which is my third point. Every man, every leper was healed. Verse 14, he looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Imagine that. Hair's all goofed up, shirt's all ripped. You look like the Incredible Hulk, you know, with your t pants ripped or whatever. And maybe you got fingers that are missing. Maybe your ear's missing. Maybe your nose is missing. You got a mask on. And you start making your way towards the priest, wherever the priest would have been. It could have been a long journey, who knows. And they're making their way to the priest. And all of a sudden, as they're walking, I don't know, one of them looks at another one and says, hey, man, like, your ear's back. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, and your nose is back. Hey, my feet. Thing I love about Jesus, unlike a bunch of, of the faith healers you see on TV today, this was just so subtle. It was just God doing. Go. Let's go. No fanfare. No lights and bringing them up on a stage and doing all this stupid stuff. He just said, go. Probably most of the people in the crowd didn't even hear him. And they just took off. Obeying Jesus. Now, as I said, somehow these guys had heard of Jesus and you're seeing, um, you're seeing faith. You're seeing faith. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, for he, that's God, gives his sunlight to both evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. Here's what, here, here's what Jesus is saying in that verse. Look, there is this thing that we theologians, pastors, or whatever call the common grace of God. Everybody experiences the common grace of God, all of us, and I can prove it. Some of you in this room don't even believe in him, and yet your heart's still beating, isn't it? That's the common grace of God. Some of you in this room don't even believe in God, and yet you'll go home and have food on the table. And that's the common grace of God. Some of you in this room, uh, you don't have anything to do with God, you don't believe in God, and yet you have a very successful business, don't you? 
a lot of money in your 401k, uh, you got your you know, two or three homes, maybe a number of cars. That's simply the common grace of God. What Jesus is saying here in Matthew chapter five is the sun comes up and it gives warmth to everybody, whether you believe in him or not. The sun comes up and makes the crops grow for all the farmers, whether those farmers believe in God or not. And he causes it to rain on on people who know Jesus and people who don't know Jesus. In other words, the farmer will experience rain, which you know helps the crops grow and all that, whether they know Jesus or not. It's not like believers are outside during a thunderstorm, you know, and there's no rain on them. It's only raining on all the unbelievers. It's not like when Lonnie and I walked outside today, you know what, everything else, it was as hot as H-E double hockey sticks like it is in here. I'm not, I'm experiencing the same heat you are. It's not like I somehow have this, you know, divine air conditioner right above my head that wherever I go, I feel good. Too bad for you suckers, you know. (laughs) No, I mean, we all experience the same stuff. And in this story, you see the common grace of God happening. None of these people know who Jesus is. They don't know he's the son of God. They don't know anything at this point. They've heard of him. They don't know anything. They're not in a church. They haven't given their lives to Christ. They haven't submitted themselves to Christ. They haven't been baptized, you know, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. They haven't been to any Bible studies. They don't know a thing at this point. He just says, go. We're made in his image. We're the Imago Dei, all of us. Whether you know him or not, he just tells them to go. And so all of them are experiencing the common grace of God. They're all going. They have no clue. They don't even know who the guy is. And they're all healed. So all 10 of these men, these lepers, recognized their need for help. All 10 of them obeyed, did what Jesus told them to do. All 10 were healed. But now, as I land the plane, the story's gonna change a little bit. One leper actually did something to express his thankfulness for the miracle he received. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This guy was doing thankfulness. I have no doubt, and neither do you, that as all 10 of them were heading back and they were being healed, that they were thankful. They felt thankful. How could you not? You you had leprosy. You had this dreaded disease and this guy told you to go and you'd be healed. And so they're all making their way back to the priest. How could they not all be thankful? I think they were. I think all of them were grateful. They certainly felt grateful. All of them. All 10 of them. And they were all going to the priest. That's what Jesus told them to do. Go to the priest. 
They're going to certify you. They're going to check you out. And they're going to say, yeah, you're healed. And you're going to say, Jesus did it. And the priests are going to have to tell all the people, hey, these guys are healed. And Jesus did it. (laughs) This is so classic. Jesus has put the priests in this box that they can't get out of. But one guy felt grateful, felt thankful, was thankful, but he's gonna now go do something. And this is the part that impressed me. First thing this man did was he praised God out loud. The Bible says in Psalm 95, come, let us sing to the Lord, let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation, let us come to him with thanksgiving. It's one of the reasons why, you know, we have a band up here. You didn't have leprosy, I get it. You had something much worse. Sin was coursing through your veins. You were headed for a Christless eternity. Yes, your hair looks nice. Yes, your clothes all look nice. Yes, you have a nice home and a nice car. Yes, you can go to the Gallo Center. You can go to movies. You can hang out with your family. You can do all kinds of stuff that lepers couldn't do. But make no mistake about it. You are worse off than those lepers were. And one of the reasons why we do this is so that you can come and be like this leper. You know a whole lot more about Jesus than this leper ever knew. But this leper knew something. As he was walking, it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. And the other nine guys said, no, man, we, we got to go get certified. We got to make sure everything's okay. The sooner we get that done, the sooner I can hang out with my family again. The sooner I can go do my life again. The sooner I can get back to all my stuff. Not this guy. He stops. He's starting to put something together as best he could. He's starting to form his theology, if you will. Whoa, 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 whoa. This, this, this guy is God. They're all running back to a temple where God doesn't dwell anymore. Where They can't even get into the holy of holies. Only the high priest could go in there once a year. They're all running back to a temple that's that's just an apostate temple. That's where they're going. This guy's starting to realize. Why would I go back there to an empty building? building made with man's hands when I can be in the very presence of God. Like I said, he doesn't have all of his theology formulated, okay? 
but he's starting to get something. The second thing he does is he fell at the feet of Jesus in worship. This is telling us something about the guy. He's doing it. He's doing thankful. Not only is he praising God, but he's at his feet, probably touching his feet. The other nine guys aren't anywhere near God. Here he is touching him. The other nine guys couldn't get within, you know, whatever it was, 30 yards of the Holy of Holies in the temple. And as I said, only the high priest could go in there once a year. Crud, the Gentiles couldn't get anywhere near it. They had their little court, but they couldn't get anywhere near where everybody believed God was. This guy is touching him. He's worshiping him. He doesn't know all the stuff that you know. But he knows something. The only way I'm healed of this crummy disease called leprosy is if God did it. <laughs> the priest can wait. There's nothing more important that I'm going to do right now than to go and actually worship God. Everything else was secondary now. And the third thing he did was he expressed his thankfulness to Jesus for what he did. All throughout the Bible, God tells us to be thankful people. We have a lot to be thankful for. He cured us of leprosy. Oh, I mean, he cured us of sin. Just... When, when you firmly grasp what you've been cured from, the singing becomes different in here. It has to. Man, this is a place where you're going to come and worship God, the one who cleansed you of something worse than leprosy. This is where you get to do thankful. Not just be thankful or feel thankful, but you get to do it. Look, look, look at verse 17 again. Jesus asked, Did, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? No one has returned to give glory to God except this foreigner. not mad at the guy. It's not the guy's fault. The other nine are running to get back to life as normal. They got what they wanted out of Jesus. <laughs> they got what they wanted. They're going to go back to the priest, man. Hey, listen, check me out. Oh, yeah, man, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you go, you know, sacrifice a goat and you'll be fine. The other nine just didn't get it. They knew who he was. They asked him for a favor. They asked him for a miracle. They got their favor. They got their miracle, and then they were gone. 
I, Lonnie and I could never, we couldn't count how many people have come. Hey, you know, I need food. Oh, God, help me, I need food. And we say, hey, listen, we'd love to help you. And so we, we give them food and we tell them about Jesus and say, you know what, the reason why you got this boatload of food in your car right now is because of the people of God here. And man, we'd love for you to come and worship God with us. <laughs> you, most of the people we see out there are the nine. They're out of the parking lot. They, they got what they needed, man. I don't want to actually go in and, you know, worship him, give thanks to him. But you know what? There's always a guy or two or a gal or two or a family or two who they drive away and go, whoa, whoa. I don't even know these people. And they just gave me food in the name of Jesus. And they come back and get a different kind of meal. Which one are you more like? The nine or the one? Isn't that a, that's a pretty weighty question. You feel thankful? Are you thankful? Or you, do you tend to do thankful? And last but not least, number, number five, then we're gonna sing a little chorus, really great chorus. Only one man, only one leper was healed from the disease of sin. It says this, I think it's verse 19. And Jesus said to the man, stand up, go, your faith has healed you. And as I said, in the Greek language, a better word would be saved. Because all of them were saved. I mean, all of them were healed. So it doesn't make sense that that word translated would be healed, does it? This man came back and he recognized who Jesus was. And so now Jesus heals him of the far more dreaded disease that I'm sure he knows nothing about at this point in his walk with Jesus. In John chapter one, it says the next day, John, that's John the Baptist, the next day, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus didn't come to cure leprosy. Jesus didn't come to cure cancer. Jesus didn't come to do any of that stuff. He does it every now and then. That's not why he came. He came to take care of the dreaded disease that all mankind has, and that's sin. John, our brother John in 1 John chapter 2 said, he himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sin that's, that, that's, our, that's our, our problem. You might be here and maybe God opened your eyes to the fact that you've never done anything about your sin. Could be. Maybe you're watching online and God's opened your eyes and you're going, man, I, I, I still got the disease. 
Well, the good news is you, you, got it. you came to a place where we, we, we know the answer. We, we can tell you how to deal with the disease, and you don't have to mess your hair up. You don't have to rip your clothes. You don't have to put a mask on. You don't have to run around saying unclean, unclean. We just, we just pray with you. And you would forever be cured of that horrible disease called sin that bring, brings death. That'd be a great thing, wouldn't it? We got a room right over there called the altar room. Used to have a light on it. Maybe it's burned out. I don't know. But they're right through those doors. You open those doors up and you can go right through there. And I think Pastor Lonnie's there, probably some others. And we'd love to pray with you. Love for you to walk out of here knowing that your sins have been forgiven. That'd be, that'd be, a, that'd be a great thing. I'm going to ask Pastor Brandon to come out and we're just going to sing a quick chorus uh, uh, together. It'd be a great way to end. Why don't you stand up? Father, thanks for this time to be here. Thank you, God, for your goodness to us. Man, you're good, you're good, you're good. Even if everything around us is going crazy, you're good. So, Lord, uh, may this just be a great way to uh, end our, our time here. And I pray this in your name. Amen.